Good morning, Cedar Home. So good to see you. My name is Dan. If I haven't met you, thank you for being here with us. Uh, welcome to Celebration Sunday. We try to take one Sunday a year at least to um, pause and reflect and thank the Lord for his work among us and through us and celebrate evidences of his grace in our church. So uh, today we, we are excited to start the service off with a baptism. And let me read these words for you. And Jesus came and said to them, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. So we, after here at our church, after a person comes to faith in Christ, um, we encourage them as their first step of obedience to, to be baptized by immersion. And so this morning we get to celebrate with Nick Torshevsky, who's going to be baptizing his son, Philip. Stephen Curtis Chapman has this great new song. Um, it's called Remember to Remember. Have any of you ever heard that? Okay. Well, you need to go on Spotify and listen to it or whatever you use. Spotify better give me some money there for plugging that. Um, <clears throat> now, that... <clears throat> Great song about encouraging Christians to stop and remember the great things that God has done in the past and the great things God has done in your life to carry you to today. And, uh, and that's kind of the theme of this service. Psalm 9-1 says, I will give thanks to the Lord with my whole heart. I will recount all of your wonderful deeds. And as we're in the book of Ephesians now, that's, that's kind of the whole theme of the first chapter too is just praising God for who he is and for his graciousness and for what he has done in us uh, for the undeserving in Jesus Christ and so we're, we're so thankful for that today in this service we're going to um, take time and hear just little snapshots of pictures of how God is working in the lives of you in the lives of our ministries and our ministry leaders and we just want to talk about the evidences of grace, some of the evidences of grace that we're seeing in our family. And we, we can't even talk about all the ministries today either. But I will tell you this, if you want to learn more about one of the ministries of the, the people who are going to be speaking or just talk to them, please stay for the potluck and get to know them after the service. They'd, they'd love to talk to you. Um, let me share five brief things that I am thankful for as I have thought about this. There's a long list I could have, but I'm, 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 I want to do this quickly. First of all, I'm, I'm thankful for how loving this church family is. I'm thankful <clears throat> that it is a welcoming church family, and I think we take care of one another well. In the past month, I have heard both from a non-Christian and from a pastor who attends a different church who has visited our church, and he said, I just want to be at Cedar Home <laughs> because of the people because God's love is so obvious here. And to hear, have a non-Christian tell you that, that's awesome, that's awesome. Um, and so I'm thankful for that, thank you guys. Um, Paul talks about, you know, in Philippians that he prays that he would continue to be abounding in love. And that's what we want. We want our relationships to be characterized by love for God and love for one another. Second of all, I'm encouraged about the teaching ministries uh, that have taken place at our church as we uh, commit ourselves to the teaching of Scripture, just like the first Christians did. I'm, I'm so thankful. I mean, we, we finished going through the book of Acts, which um, verse by verse, which if um, some of you may not 
No, because you've been in a church that preaches verse by verse your whole life. But uh, for others of you, you know that that's kind of a big deal. 70 sermons in the book of Acts is, is a big accomplishment uh, for a church family to go through together. And I'm just loving Ephesians too. And I've gotten a lot of feedback too, hearing from you guys. And I thank you for the positive encouragement. Thankful for the great Sunday school classes we have, uh, the missions class with Jerry Kind and his experience that he's teaching um, my dad was visiting from Wyoming last week and said, man, I wish I could go to that class every week talking about how to reach Muslims for Jesus. And I'm like, oh, that's awesome. That is so great. What a great class. Um, and that was just that day. Um, women's uh, ministry, awesome stuff going on there. And thank you for the women who are leading that. We had several great men's ministry events. And I thank you for the, you know, 50 men who came out each time as we ate tacos and heard testimonies. Um, and then I also want to thank God for the children's uh, transition team that has stepped up this year um, to keep our awesome children's ministry going, which is a huge deal. And so I specifically want to thank the core team, leadership team of Rob Buchanan, Cindy Halleck, Mikkel Barnett, and Debbie Klein for keeping this thing going. And so let's, let's hear it for them, please. <laughs> Yes, uh, but very encouraged that we started several new community groups this year. Uh, you know that it's the desire of, of the elders' heart for everyone who's able to be in a community group to participate in church life that way and um, to love one another weekly through those meetings and relationships. And then finally, I want to just thank God and recognize some of the wonderful outreach events that we've done as a church because um, obviously our approach as a church is we want to be outward-focused, um, we want to be attractional in the sense that uh, we want to offer things like Vacation Bible School and, and No Tricks, Just Treats and have people in our church doors and see that we're not scary and that we just love them. And we also want to be missional in that we, as the church, go outside of these walls and we reach people where they are at on their turf in the job uh, workspaces and neighborhoods. And so um, very encouraged, though, this year about the, the great Vacation Bible School that we had this summer and the No Tricks, Just Treats event. And I want to thank Annie Bowden for organizing both of those. So thank you. All right. Thank you, guys. So much to celebrate. I'm now going to hand it over to Dan Olson. Well, this past year, it has been my privilege to serve here at Cedar Home on the Elder Board. And this year, we've had some new additions to the team. And any time that you change up the mix of people, you also change the interaction. But that has been a really positive thing for the church and for me personally as a follower of Jesus Christ. So let me just tell you a little bit about what I mean. Typically, the elder board gets together two to three times a month, and we spend a good amount of time together bringing to our attention the people and the situations that need prayer. And then we spend time together praying for you. We're praying that God would be at work in our church and in the lives of our people and in our community. And it's been really fun and interesting to learn one another's heart that way. As each person prays, you get to hear a little bit of what is happening in their, in their heart and in their mind. And I want you to know that these men love the Lord. 
and they love you sincerely. And I want you to know that you individually and you as a church are prayed for regularly. And then after we've had our time together to pray, then we spend time dealing with the various items that are on our agenda. Those things involve ongoing oversight of the ministries of the church, dealing with any issues that may come up over the past weeks, thinking and praying again about what the Lord would have us be doing in the next three to five years. So I've been blessed by those opportunities that we have to work together. But I've also been blessed this past year by watching all of you working together to serve the Lord here at Cedarholm. And you're going to be hearing about that in these next speeches. The Apostle Paul used the image of the body in 1 Corinthians 12, telling us that it's made up of many diverse parts working together. We're not all just one part, and there isn't one part that has one more glory than the other, but we working together be the hands and the feet of Jesus in our lost world. True, when one suffers, we all suffer. And this year, we have walked through the valley together many times. But it is also true that when one rejoices, we all rejoice together. So, as the following speakers come and share with you their journey this past year, keep in mind that we are sharing together in the work. This past week in our fellowship group, we saw in Revelation 5 that the prayers of the saints are important to God. It's in verse 8 of chapter 5 where it says, When he had taken the book, the four living creatures and the 24 elders fell down before the Lamb, each one holding a harp and golden bowls full of incense, which are the prayers of the saints. So I'm going to ask you, as each person comes up and shares, that during that time, you would just pray for them. Pray for the ministry that they're involved in. Pray for the things that they are doing. And in this way, we will continue to fill up those golden bowls of incense. All right, uh, I'm Jay Bonifield. This is my wife, Tessa, and uh, we've got three kids, uh, Nolan, Addison, and Ethan, who's uh, in the back there. And uh, yeah, we're going to tell a little bit of story about our community group experience. Um, I think it's cool what Dan just said about how we suffer together and we rejoice together, because that's pretty much just our entire story that we're about to tell you. Um, we found out we were pregnant with Ethan in March, and then in April, um, it was Easter Sunday, that night uh, I thought for sure I was having a miscarriage. Um, and I went in for an ultrasound the next day and saw a beating heart, and so immediately I just relief, I think everything is fine. The ultrasound tech leaves, she comes back with the doctor, which is not normal. Um, and he tells me that I have, it's called like a subchorionic hemorrhage, which is not uncommon. It's like 1% of pregnancies, and it's usually no big deal. It's just some blood outside of the amniotic sac. But mine was what he said, 
he says he typically doesn't see blood in that amount. Um, what does this mean? He says, with amount that size, you worry about if it's growing, it'll close the amniotic sac and kill the baby, or it'll tear the placenta away and kill the baby. So he puts me on a modified bed rest for like a month, and we typically don't tell people that we're pregnant till like the second trimester, and I was just shy of eight weeks then. We're like, we have to tell our community group. And which was the next day. And so we tell everybody in our group what was going on. And as I'm talking, it was just really cool because most of the people in our group we've been with for a few years. And so we're like family. So I am not the only one crying <laughs> at this point. Um, and as I'm talking, one of the guys, he just interrupts me. He's like, we need to pray. Can we pray over you? And they all come over and they put their hands on us and they pray for us. And it was just really cool because we are a family. Um, and over the next month, I had people coming to help me and praying for us and checking in and bringing us food. Um, yeah, it was really cool because community group, if you're not plugged in, like, yes, you grow together in the word and Bible study, but you also, you become a family. Uh, yeah, and the, uh, I think for us being involved in a community group for the past few years, um, it's really, uh, it's made us kind of uh, buck the whole like tendency to just you know bury ourselves in our own problems and kind of weather the storm, uh, you know without without telling people. And so to be able to have somebody, um, you know, to shoulder our burdens with us and to be able to pray over us and uh, just somebody to to talk to about it that you're that you're close to and you know watch God. God work and be reminded of his, uh, his sovereignty, whether, you know, no matter how the situation turns out, um, it was just incredibly valuable for us and, and has been on multiple occasions, whether it's, um, you know, we've got a five-year-old and being able to look at families in our community group that have, you know, kids that are a little bit older and, you know, have, be like, oh, what, what's, what's going on? I don't know if this is normal. And like, they're like, oh no, it's normal. <laughs> so uh, be, to be able to just have, you know, people that are a little bit ahead of us in life and, you know, people that we can look to and, and uh, you know, pray about each other and just uh, do life together. And uh, it's just in incredibly valuable and something that, um, you know, wouldn't, wouldn't trade for the world. And Ethan is fine and super healthy. So yeah. praise God. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Hi, I just have to get set up here. Um, I'm a pretty introverted person, so I think for a lot of you, probably the only time we've really talked is the few times I've been up here, which is not that many. Um, I was thinking about um, how it is meeting someone new bef that you haven't met before, or maybe someone that you're familiar with but you haven't really talked with before. And I had this experience last night. Um, I met the wife of a, one of my husband's coworkers, and we talked about all of your standard topics. Oh, I forgot to start my timer. Um, <laughs> and there was this point where we couldn't really go any deeper unless I was willing to open up a little bit more, or, or she was, and we were talking about 
how we met our husbands. And um, sometimes this is frustrating for me, but most of the time I'm grateful that it gives me an opportunity to be bold for God is I, I can't talk about meeting my husband unless I talk about how God brought me out of the LDS church and into a biblical relationship with him. And I don't know what they believe. Um, it didn't really seem like they were Christians, but, but because I talked about that, we could go a little bit deeper and it made the rest of the night a lot more pleasant. Um, I tend to feel guilty and like I'm being a broken record for mentioning how I came to be a Christian but Paul talked about his conversion at least three times just in the book of Acts, so I figure I'm okay. Um, my name's Jackie Martin, and um, my husband, um, his name is Eddie, and starting next month, you'll actually see him. He won't be my imaginary husband anymore. He'll be able to come, hopefully every other week. So yay! And then we have an eight-year-old, her name is Emma. We've been coming to Cedar Home for a little over a year now, and I'm a dive-riding kind of person, so um, I've had the opportunity to be part of the Bible studies, um, we've become members, we've joined a community group, and I've recently started helping out in kids' ministry, so hopefully I'll meet more of you that way. Three minutes. Um, <laughs> we started attending Cedar Home um, we were looking for a church, and so we got online and started Googling churches that were within a certain distance from our house. Um, Cedar Home, from the website, had the things we were looking for, a, a vibrant children's ministry that was already established, a statement of faith that we could agree with, um, and of course, the part I was most intrigued by was the verse-by-verse -verse Bible teachings, which um, for me, as still a relatively new believer, has been vital in discerning truth from half-truths. And I find it completely essential in um, anywhere where I would choose to come to worship. Um, so we came to Cedar Home uh, one time and we picked up Emma from Kids Ministry and she informed us that we didn't have to visit anywhere else because she wanted to stay here. <laughs> Um, and, and we liked it too, so we thought, well, why go against the current? This seems like a great place, and so we, we jumped right in. Um, we were going through the book of Acts, and one of the things that stood out to me the most was um, how much it's about how the Spirit is working with these, this new group of believers as they're going out and sharing the gospel, and I became increasingly aware of that the Spirit was talking to me and wanted me to do something, and I felt like I was in chaos trying to figure out what on earth that was. What did I need to get involved in? What did I need to do? Because I was having this level of discomfort and uncomfortableness, and I realized that what it was is I was more afraid of, I don't, I don't know, my family probably, and it was holding me back from fully celebrating and being open about my relationship with Jesus as a believer. And I realized that the thing that was missing that I had been neglecting and putting off for several years was baptism. And so I, I just, I couldn't live with that uncomfortable feeling anymore. And as many of you saw, I, I got baptized this summer. 
Um, our next step was we joined a community group, which was a tremendous blessing because this year my husband hasn't been able to attend on Sundays because of his work schedule. And um, really quickly, we, um, I haven't talked to my daughter about this, so I'm not going to go into too much detail, but we were having some really challenging behavioral issues at home that were confusing and scary to her, and you know, we, we just we didn't have any answers, and we were lacking understanding as far as how to deal with that. And although we did not know the people in our community group very well, it quickly became a safe space for sharing those struggles that we were going through um, that we really hadn't opened up to anyone about before. And we were willing to pray, there's my timer. And um, long story short, the behavior quickly became understood, conversations opened up in our home, and we've seen so much peace and healing from that, and I'm just, I'll be grateful forever. Um, the last little bit I was gonna mention, which I already did, I'm helping out in kids ministry now, so I'll meet a lot more of you then, and um, I'm not good at chit chat, but if any of you wanna talk about <laughs> my background, Growing up, I can talk about that forever. It's probably the one thing I'd actually consider myself an expert on. So um, I guess that's all I have to say. I'm just excited to see what God does for our family here at Cedar Home this coming year. So thank you. Hi, my name is Jessica Warlick. I am currently one of the co-coordinators for Cedar Home Mops, and I'm going to share a few things that has happened this last fall and last year. This fall, the church also helped with this. We had a beyond successful fundraiser, selling nearly double our goal of pies, which meant we were in an apple shortage and prepared to buy them because I, didn't, I simply didn't have time to go pick, and we had used up most of all of our resources that we knew about. Very graciously, we had a group of men and women volunteer their apples, volunteer their time, and we had more than enough to fulfill all of our orders. I consider it a blessing that I co-lead, but we also lead with 15 women total, and we represent four churches that are all coming together to love on women in this area, but then also we can worship different places on Sunday, and that just, I feel like, casts a larger net, because we're all after the same thing, to share the love of Jesus with these moms. We've adopted the simple gestures um, items, so what that is, is it supports the Stanwood Camino Food Bank, and we wanted to give a more local, tangible way for moms to give back, so in doing so, we've also encouraged them that you can give monthly or however bi-monthly to the food bank, and we just give them a place that they can come and bless others. We have moms that are reaching out and seeking truth, and we've been able to give Bibles to moms that didn't have them and also give them good direction or podcasts to listen to that are Christ-honoring. So I feel very thankful that they are they're seeking and they're asking and they want to know more. We have a mom of two who just joined our group and in five years her older son has special needs and she had never been on a play date and her group welcomes her in and not only that, her younger son loves coming to Mops Kids 
So it's also beyond just the moms at our meeting. We're ministering to the kids that are a part of the children's program also. And that gives um, just, it's encouraging that they want to come. Uh, for Christmas, we adopted two families through the school district. One of them happens to be a preg pregnant single teen, and, um, and then a, mom, a single mom of three. And I don't know if you've ever adopted a family personally, but when you get these wants and needs lists, it's heartbreaking what they're after. And so we were able to bless them and um, give them more than they were even asking for, but also we have entrance just to love on this new mom that's coming into her motherhood journey, and we have plans to give her some more gifts this spring as she kind of goes down this journey that is a bit daunting or unsure. And lastly, I want to share that we have a mom of four this past Christmas whose youngest is two and ended up with a really bad pneumonia. And she got transferred down to Children's and it was really scary. And um, it gave me an entrance to ask for prayer and I involved the church and the elders. And at about day or eight, nine, I don't really know, I was saying, is there, some, I felt this heavy heart for her and I didn't know her all that well, but we had been doing meals for her and we had taken care of that, even if it meant that they had pizza three nights in a row, unbeknownst to all of us that were doing the meal train. Um, and our kids at home thought that was awesome because never had they had meals, pizza, three nights. But um, I said, is there something else we can do? I feel like we need to, there's something missing. And she shared that her older daughter was turning seven that Friday. And mind you, this is five days before Christmas. And no one on my leadership team balked at the idea of throwing a small party for her. And so we were able to, all she asked for was cards. Could we just drop off a few cards? And we were able to step in, in a place that's really scary and really dark and bring joy. And so we brought balloons, a few gifts, and the most beautiful pink sparkly cake you could possibly imagine. And I got a text later that night and she wanted me to make sure that I thanked the birthday angels. And that's what I feel like in that moment, that was Christ. We were honoring them and we were loving them. And we, we made the little girl feel like the most special girl ever by just being moms. And so it just is an encouragement to me that we are able to step in when moms need it most. And when they're at their bottom, that we can lift them up with pizza and with a cake and just pray for them, correct untruths, and walk alongside of them. And if nothing else, MOPS is a local relational ministry where we're just building a connection with these moms. And we want to encourage, we want to speak truth to them. And I want them all to know that one bad day doesn't make them a bad mom. That there's a loving savior that has paid the debt for them. So, thank you. I need to do something first. Okay, I'm back. Good morning. I am Keith Hutzel, one of your six deacons. 
And it's a joy to get up here and just share with you what God's doing through our piece of what happens here at Cedar Home Baptist. Um, deacons, in case you don't know, we're here to assist the elders. That's our first priority. Second is to care for the body of Christ, all of you. Third is to care for our resources and our facilities, as well as, and I forgot, people in our community that have needs. Our church can help and we help facilitate that. So it's a real joy to be a part of that. Um, my specific spotlight of what I do is facilities and grounds, exciting stuff. Um, but just in case you don't realize, we have a worship center, a fellowship hall, a chapel and youth facility, a modular home that we rent, a house that we rent, and a cemetery up north that we actually care for. So there's a lot that we kind of pay attention to. And I could not do this without an incredible team of humble servants. And it is humbling to me to watch them and to serve with them. So I just want to, as much as they all love it, they, these people do not like to be mentioned. They don't like to be seen. But I want you all to see them and praise God for them. So if you're in the room and I call your name, please stand up. I will not say too much about you. Uh, Ray Warlick, Jim Bergstrom, Kurt Johnson, Craig Tantlinger, Gannon Hutzel, if he's in here, Tim and Lori Steele, Rick and Linda Doty. Um, all of these folks who are not willing to stand up, as you notice, um, they take care of all of the grounds. So the big field that most of you may not even realize is ours, all of the grass and everything around here, and the cemetery that's not even here. The, Rick and Linda faithfully go and take care of that, and that's just so unseen, and I'm so grateful for that. Um, next, Bruce Kidding, Larry Lewis, Rob Dupree, Gary Hendrick, Eric Pilkington. Um, they did a lot of work last year painting and preparing the modular home. Um, again, lots of unseen work that is really done with excellence. Uh, Larry, Larry and Linnell Lewis, Bruce and Peggy Kidding, Mike Pierce, Rob Dupree, Matt Daniels, Ray Warlick, Eric and Georgia Pilkington, Shay and Melissa Alexander, Cody Slag, Craig Tantlinger, and Bill Maxson, and me, and a lot of this, um, all were involved in painting, remodeling, repairing the grounds and, and the house and everything for that rental house this summer which is a ton of work and it looks incredible. Um, and then just the group that is consistently in this facility and the other buildings, Bruce, Larry, Rob, Mike Pierce, Bill Porter, Mac Daniels, Ayla Fackenthal, Joe Libby, and KJ Kerr, who does all of our signage. Um, you know, these people are incredible. Nobody ever knows they're doing what they're doing, uh, except for me and Julie most of the time. And you know, that's a God thing. These are people that are humble because of their love for the Lord and their love for people and their love for you. And it's incredible to serve them and I just want to give God the glory for them. So please make them feel encouraged. Hello all, my name is Ray Warlick and I'm also one of your deacons. I, I could think about praising the Lord all the time, but standing up here and doing it, no. But I'm going to do it anyway. But, so <laughs> I, I, one of the things I take care of is uh, the Sunshine Fund. And 
And uh, at the area that I work in, a lot of times when we have things go bad or things that go good, we always go, why? And we go four whys. But by the time I got down to the fourth why, I'm like, all I could come up with is Lord Jesus. Lord Jesus laid it on our hearts that once he came into our lives, that we'd want to serve others and take care of others. And he also supplies us with all the needs that we give to the Sunshine Fund. And so I was going to hit a couple highlights this year. One of the Sunshine Fund's uh, money that we use for is uh, a dinner that we do in the town, a free dinner. And, and uh, this, this uh, one of the last ones, we were getting ready to wrap up the evening dinner and we would take all the food and we put it in packages and we send them home with people that want to take home the leftovers. Well, an older gentleman came up to me and said that to hold off doing that because another guy was coming. And so I thought, okay, I'm just going to put the guy a plate together and get him some stuff to get together. And the guy comes rolling, he's greasy from head to toe and wet from walking in the rain. And so I sat him down and I just served him and then the guy just started just weeping and man, I, I started with him and, and he just couldn't believe that somebody would want to help him that way. And so it's from you guys giving the funds and the Lord telling us that we need to serve is, is what I want to celebrate with that. And, and then uh, some of the highlights of Sunshine Funds is this year we helped this uh, woman that was in, in a battered situation in their home and somebody was helping care for her and, and, and been helping her and her car broke down and we helped get her car going again. And so it's just lots of things like that. It just amazes me that we uh, always can help and we always have the funds. I, I, Dan could tell you a year ago, we was coming close to Christmas and we, we funds were a little low and I always know Christmas time, things are coming, things are coming. So I'm worried about who to give to, how not to give to. And, you know, Dan prayed with me and we said, the Lord takes care of me and he has. And I've, I've grown so much from that, that every time it seems to get depleted, you guys fill it back up again. The Lord fills us all up with it. And so I just want to thank you all and thank the Lord for loving us and telling us that we need to serve the world and serve our community. Thanks. I'm Jerry Kine and on the missions committee and I was asked last summer to help uh, give some assistance there and, and learn the team. Uh, the team uh, members are Aleph, Arnie, my wife Carol, uh, Matt, and Mark. And if you want their last names, ask me later. <laughs> so uh, it's been fun getting to know the, uh, the workers that uh, Cedar Home supports. We support a number of ministries, both locally here in Stanwood and in the Northwest and around the world. And so it's, uh, I've been enjoying that part of it. Some of the things or major emphasis that we have as a committee is to make certain that missions is uh, a strong point here at the church and make it aware to you of what can be done. And of course, much of what we do is support ministries, but there's also local ministries that you can be involved with, volunteer and, and help present the gospel by demonstrating the gospel humanitarian works and also just involved with other ministries. 
soon uh, we'll be getting, uh, in fact, hopefully next weekend, uh, next bulletin, I'll be putting in information about uh, short-term missions. We're involved in the short-term, and that's a great experience to minister to a different culture, to uh, learn about cultures, to learn about ministry. As a committee, we've been involved in uh, interviewing and recommending taking on some new uh, missionaries. We are especially involved in the unreached, unengaged part of the world. There's uh, some 57,000 people groups that are still unreached or very little gospel uh, involvement. And these are often overlooked and uh, missed and because they're a hard people to group, uh, group to reach. And so we're emphasizing that. And uh, there'll be another couple. We've, we're planning on taking on two, and we, another couple we want to interview and, and look to them. I want to thank Katie Hall for her work on the missions map out in the hallway there. If you haven't already seen it, please stop by and see the work that she put there, the faces, the names, and where they're working and uh, want you to get to know them. And also, if you uh, aren't already writing a missionary, we encourage you to do that. Now, if I want one word of caution, if they're in a restricted country, and if you're not sure if the country is restricted or not, please ask me, because we want to be careful on what we say in an email or a telephone call, because these emails are scanned, the government scans them, and if the wrong thing is said, their whole ministry will be done away with and they'll be asked to leave. I want to thank Julie and the staff for taking, putting in the bulletin each week a section there about unreached people groups. So that's another opportunity to pray. So thank you for your involvement and uh, we just want to keep missions a forefront here at Cedar Home. I'm so thankful for the interest that I see among the people here and the, the class that we've been having Great interest there, and we've been learning and talking a lot about how we can be effective in our reaching our neighbors as well as our people across the world. Thank you. Well, I'm so excited to be here. My name is Deanne Coster, and I get to I get to oversee the Sewing with Purpose ministry that has been developed about eight years ago. And we're really excited on what the Lord has been doing with all of what we've been able to accomplish here. My um, talk this morning is more on maybe of a more like a report, but behind it, there's a lot of prayer, a lot of things that go on behind it. Uh, about once or twice a week, we get together, a bunch of us ladies uh, get together on a regular basis cool basis uh, to come together to sew uh, dresses and shorts for little boys and girls that are in third world or impoverished situations. And uh, we not only have this mission in common, but we also minister to each other. And Pastor Dan has said often to me that we are a ministry within a ministry. And we really do support and, and love on each other, and especially walking through each other through life's journeys and hardships. And we have a great opportunity to do that with each other. Just to give you a, a general idea of what we've been doing this last year, in January, we were able to give 25 dresses and 25 pairs of shorts to a, a medical team from Camino Chapel that went into Haiti. In March, uh, we were able to um, 
make, and this is a newer uh, part of our ministry, 280 knitted and crocheted hats for Swaziland. And it's really exciting because they get cold down there, we found out, and they wear these hats a lot. And so we were able to send them off in last March. And we're preparing to send about 160 more here in this next month. And thank you for all of those that knit and crochet and leave bags by the door and things. We were really excited about what we see and how um, you've taken on a bite of that ministry. In April, we sent 273 dresses and 140 pairs of shorts with Ayla Fackenthal in the mission to Panama. That was exciting. We saw pictures of a little girl that Denise Bowden was putting the dress on the little girl. She was very shy and very timid, and all of a sudden she turned around with this brand new dress on and smiled. I told you I'd probably cry. Anyway, that, that just touched my heart as uh, the rest of the gals, too, saw that our efforts were, were being accomplished. In June, uh, we were asked to do something a little bit out of our ordinary realm of doing things, and we made some zippered bags to go to Morocco to, um, with a, a gal that's going to be um, a missionary to her native Morocco, and uh, these Six bags went to girls that are coming out of a slavery situation, and we wanted to honor them and, and give them something special. And then in September, we have another part of the ministry, which is the quilts and the crocheted baby blankets and uh, knitted baby blankets. And there were a bunch of us that were able to go down to hand-in-hand -hand foster care emergency services in South Everett that is a Christian organization that helps the county take these children that are pu being pulled from dangerous and trauma situations to, be pl uh, to eventually be placed in uh, foster care, and they are not allowed to take anything from their home with them. They can only receive things and take with them from this this particular agency. So we brought down 21 uh, uh, quilts and the nine uh, crocheted blankets. And then in October, we were able to send uh, 50 dresses uh, and 50 pairs of shorts to Ghana through the Gateway Medical Alliance. And that was a brand new ministry for us that we found out about because of Jerry and Carol Kind and was really excited about that. And I forgot about one other time that we also sent through to uh, Uganda to a ministry that's a brand new hospital there. And we were able to send some dresses and shorts there also to people that just have just started getting some medical care there. Uh, also in October, uh, we were asked to do, again, another unique thing, and uh, we made 25 kind of tote bags for uh, Andrea Conley to take to India uh, with her ministry that she was with uh, and was very thrilled to see the pictures that were sent back with the joy that these young girls had gotten because they also were coming out of a slave-type situation. In November, we had 183 dresses and 135 pairs of shorts picked up and sent down to the Gateway Medical Alliance uh, Agency down in their warehouse. And I got a picture this week of them all boxed up and they are going to Liberia. And this is uh, something new for us also. And we're also hosting uh, some of their uh, leadership uh, to come and watch our operation here at, the, at Cedar Home of what we are able to do. When I 
looked up all of the information that we've kept tabs on and stuff, I could not believe what we have actually accomplished this year. And numbers are numbers, but they're lives that are being touched. The total was 591 dresses and 400 pairs of shorts that were sent. And I thank the Lord that he's given us the mission and the desire and the talent to do this. We are excited about what he's got going, and we can't wait to see what he does next. And to God be the glory. Good morning. Yeah, my name is Eric Fuentes, and, uh, you know, 22 years ago, when we came to Cedar Home, I wouldn't have thought that I'd be leading the youth group here. Uh, well, youth director, whatever you want to call me, that's what we do, guys. In the last 12 months, God has provided many opportunities for our youth and volunteer leaders to grow in their faith and to serve, besides meeting on Thursday nights for fun, fellowship, and worship, we have done several activities throughout the year. They put on a sweetheart dinner for Valentine's Day. They served a great meal for a beautiful evening, complete with entertainment. I mean, have you ever been to a, a meal with a harp? Ron Journey was great. They've also uh, put on a senior appreciation dinner, St. Patrick's Day dinner. Many of the youth volunteered for the, uh, what is that, no tricks, just treats. I've seen them pray for one another before going on mission trips, encourage one another when times are tough, and form close bonds through meeting and spending time together outside the walls of the church. This last year, I've been meeting with uh, a group of high school students every Wednesday morning. You know, late start, they could sleep in, but they choose to get up, and we spend an hour in the Word, spending time together, praying, and just sharing what's going on in life. They grow deeper in their relationship with God, and just, uh, we spend time discipleship. We've had, also had a couple of weekend retreats. For the fall retreat, our guest speaker is Brad Herring, who's a local, uh, I guess you would call him missionary in his own way. He's been a pastor and other things. He talked about social influences and social pressures and challenged the students to stay close to God and focus on their relationship with him in difficult times. Our winter retreat this year looked a lot different than in past years. We've been watching the weather during that week. The passes were closed and we've been making plans as a contingency, well, contingency plans for backup. Well, due to bad road conditions, we were forced to cancel our trip to Camas Meadows and stay here in Stanwood. Our speaker, Doug Johnson, came to Stanwood and spent the weekend with us. You know, some of the things God has blessed me with is the ability to operate with little or no planning. I mean, I can build a house with no plans, and it's okay. But we do have people that require plans, and they require things on paper. Well, we put together a plan using the gifts that God has gave us all. Some provided food, some housing, some transportation, and some teaching. You know, and some just taking the plans that were in my mind and forcing me to put them on paper. Well, so you guys can read them as parents. You know, all these things took us from, I guess, what would be failure and disappointment to a great weekend filled with fun and Jesus. You know, 1 Corinthians, well, we've heard this before, 12, 4 through 6. Now, there are varieties of gifts, but the same Spirit, and there are varieties of service, but the same Lord. And there are varieties of activities, but it is the same God who empowers them all in everyone. You know, I've seen that work throughout this year in our team, our volunteer youth staff. You know, through my wife who supports me 
uh, unconditionally and loves me unconditionally, you know, she's one of the ones that when it needs to go on paper and Eric doesn't want to put it on paper, she helps me get it there. You know, Dave Hall, if you need a good game plan and a solid man around, Dave is your guy. Shay Alexander, another man, I trust him. You need wise counsel. You know, I don't seek perfection, I seek wisdom. To uh, Barb McNaughton, who always brings a great smile and a positive attitude. For Jamie Booth, for her positive attitude, and always making sure that our students have their snack. Because you know what? I think teenagers can eat, they just can eat, and they need their snacks. To Andrea Conley, for her clerical gifts, and her great smile, and her great attitude. And for Brent Grinnell, who faithfully leads worship, and is training and discipling our students, because they are, they're ours. They're not mine, they're not yours, they're ours, they're God's. He disciples them, trains them, and to worship. So thank you to each and every one of you. So without the gifts God has given you, none of this would be possible. Let us give the glory to God and rejoice in what he has done in Cedar Home Youth this year. I thank you for your time. Good morning, I'm Shay Alexander. I'm one of the deacons here, and I'm on youth staff also. And so this is a kind of a different transition for me to look at and, and to go from our, I guess, our, our praises and what God's doing here to what God could do in the future, too. Pastor Dan asked me to come and talk about uh, youth ministry and what it would look like and how we could hire a youth pastor on behalf of the parents, and so that's where I'm coming from right now. Youth ministry ultimately starts in the family, but we don't, we have kids who come to our youth ministry that, that aren't coming from Christian families, and as we look out and we're looking at these students, where are they getting trained? And as we look for a youth pastor, these are some of the gifts and qualities we want to think about. We want to, um, we want to expand the ability for, for the people to be able to be ministered to by a youth pastor, hopefully in the future. Uh, number one is shepherd and discipleship. Jesus had people all around him all the time that he was shepherding and discipling. As, as I was sitting there listening to Eric, I was, I was like, wow. He's done an amazing job. Jennifer's done an amazing job bringing that ministry to where it's at right now. Um, yeah, and so I, I stand here and I go, what else could we get from a youth pastor? But there is ultimately a lot of time. Eric, Eric works his full-time job uh, outside of doing youth ministry. So again, if you see him outside, tell him thank you, especially if you have kids in youth ministry. But shepherd and discipleship. Eric was talking about Wednesday mornings meeting with students at Hagen uh, before school uh, to be able to be uh, talking about the word and what's going on in their lives. It's time, and time is required for youth ministry. Number two is a youth pastor that could be in schools or in their events, different events as going to concerts, or being at sporting events, hanging out with students during their lunchtime, and meeting their friends on their turf. It's very important for time. 
Another one is to train student leaders. And as I thought back, and when Pastor Dan was the youth pastor here many years ago, uh, he had a core group of students that he brought alongside him. And he was training them to do ministry and to plan those events. And those are some, some type of things that as we look for a youth pastor, that's what we would be looking for. And ultimately, youth are the church, but youth are the future of our church also. And as we bring them up, we want to bring them up in the Lord, and we want to bring them up knowing biblical truths. And so that's what we want to look for in a youth pastor as we go forward from here. So John Conley is going to come and share a little bit more about what that may take. Thank you, Shay. So my name is John Conley. I serve on the, with the elders as an elder. And uh, we have been uh, prayerfully uh, seeking the Lord's guidance on the next steps for Cedar Home, what they should be and where he is leading us as a church. And as Shay was sharing here, uh, we believe that the next step uh, in, in our church growth and serving the Lord would be to add a full-time youth pastor. So uh, wanted to cast that vision and share, well, what's that gonna take? So there's a preparation here that, uh, and some things that we've gone through and steps that the elders have, have talked about. And uh, the first, is uh, some of the foundations that we need to do to achieve this next uh, goal, which would be to uh, add a youth pastor, is first we have to make sure we're taking care of our current staff. So to that end, we did a uh, salary survey, and uh, we have in this current year budget that we'll be voting on in February, uh, based on that salary survey, we will be uh, making adjustments in compensation uh, to increase income and, and make sure that that's solid. That's a, a key step. So the second thing that we uh, have, uh, and I'm kind of giving you a preview of some of the highlights on the budget that's gonna be voted on in, in, in February. The second thing is, is that we proposed a significant increase in the missions budget. So Jerry's ministry that he was talking about there. So as a healthy church has a healthy staff that's being well taken care of so that they can minister and, and, and be free to do that. The second is we wanna make sure that we are, are uh, expanding our outreach uh, around the world. And then the third thing uh, that we're gonna be doing is we're gonna be increasing the amount of money that we pay down on our loan from the mortgage so that we can pay that off more quickly. So we believe that those are some foundational steps that lays the foundation for the next step, which would be the youth pastor. So what's that gonna take? So in doing the salary survey, we also said as a full-time uh, uh, pastor that the youth pastor, the base salary would be about $50,000 a year. When you add payroll taxes, health insurance, retirement, and ministry expenses, the cost will be about $75,000 a year. So, uh, that's the contacts and the numbers. Um, I was up here about a year ago, and uh, we were looking at growing our budget from the prior year to this year of uh, $29,000, actually. And so, I challenged you with a 20 more in 2020. 
Well, we more than exceeded that. Not we, you more than exceeded that. And I'm just very excited. So uh, as of on the back of your bulletin, you can see that giving at this point is uh, 21,700 more than what we had set a goal for. So I'm just very excited about that. <laughs> to break that down uh, in terms of the numbers, uh, that $75,000 increase, uh, if you put that in perspective, this is kind of exciting. Uh, that's if all the members and the families that are giving currently give $35 more a month, we can have a youth pastor. So what does that mean? That's, what, seven lattes? So if we uh, cut back maybe by half, one a week, you're more than halfway to funding a youth pastor. <laughs> so... Yeah, our, our desire is to have a youth pastor on board and ready to start ministry by the time school starts in September 2021. That's not that far away. We'll need to be starting to recruit for a youth pastor probably about January of 2021. That's about 11 months from now. So uh, first we need to demonstrate that we can and we will support that level of ministry. So... Um, that's that, that goal we're going to be watching and just uh, seeing uh, how the giving goes and seeing if we're raising that uh, on average by more than $35 a month. And then uh, with, that, and with that measurement, we can say, yes, we are ready. To, we're ready to make that commitment and we can go out and take those next steps. So what will we look like as a ministry uh, once we have the youth pastor? So we'll have a senior pastor preaching the word We'll have an associate pastor, worship director, doing additional ministries like uh, making sure that the community groups are up and running. You heard earlier uh, just the valuable work that's being done there. We'll have a youth pastor ministering to our middle school and high school age students. And on the foundation of that, we have in place the uh, youth director who's serving the elementary school ages. And we will have uh, a nursery ministry serving the, the wee little ones. So you can see with that, you've got a nice uh, coverage of ministry and, and expanding the resources for all age groups there. So it's important to note that one of the most important jobs of each of our staff members is to build ministry teams to equip and support the members of the church to do the work of the ministry. You've heard this morning many examples of that. So we're excited that as we expand the resource, that it's going to grow exponentially in what God's going to be doing in, in, in and through us. So please be in prayer about what God is going to be having you do in terms of ministry and in finances. In 2 Corinthians chapter 9, the Apostle Paul and the Lord through the Apostle Paul encourages us, each man should give what he has decided to give in his heart not reluctantly or under compulsion. For God loves a cheerful giver, and God is able to make all grace abound to you, so that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. As it is written, he has scattered his, abroad his gifts to the poor, and his righteousness endures forever. Now he who supplies the seed to the sower and bread for food will also supply and increase your store of seed and will enlarge the harvest of your righteousness. You will be made rich in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion. 
And through us, your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. And isn't that what we're all after, is thanksgiving to God and the expansion of the gospel. I'm going to have Pastor Dan come and close us and uh, share some uh, thoughts about what we've just been through today. Let's hear for John and all his hard work. Thank you. And the finance team. Thank you, guys. It was funny as uh, (laughs) I feel older the longer I'm here. Um, Started thinking back about, you know, I'm in my 13th year here now. And I was thinking about uh, when I was a youth pastor and just what Shay was talking about, about reaching unchurched kids teenagers. And I was just thinking this week I was contacted by one of the teenagers who did not, his family did not go to church here. He became a core member of our, uh, well, he became, he became a Christian. I baptized him. Uh, He became a student leader. I did his wedding and now we're going to get together soon for, for lunch. And then also this week, another student contacted me whose family doesn't go to church and he uh, asked me to be in his wedding, not to do the wedding, but to be one of his best, his, uh, what is it? I'm not a bridesmaid. I'm a groomsman. <laughs> groomsman. I'm not used to being in weddings. I'm used to doing the weddings. But he just talked about how much Cedar Home Youth Ministry meant to him and how uh, he, he wants to have it here at this church. And, and uh, it was really cool. And so I think that's our prayer going forward. We want to, man, we've got people moving into this community and families, and we want to reach all of them. We want to reach all ages, and I'm so thankful that our church is the way it is and that we are a multi-generational church. We're a healthy church. We love the Word, and we want to keep our eyes on God. And, and, and you know, this verse came to my mind today. Um, For it is God, this is Philippians 2.13, it is God who works in you both to will and to work for his good pleasure. So in all these evidences of grace that we've seen, the one working is God. He's the one who gives us the will or the desire to do it, and he's the one who gives us the strength or the ability to do it. Aren't we so thankful that God has sent his son Jesus Christ to save you, to redeem your life, to use your life for eternal glory for the king of kings that you get to be part of making a difference in the eternities of people by being a part of this church. Isn't that awesome? Man, I'm just, as I got out of an elder meeting this week, I was just I'm so thankful for these, these men who give a lot of time. And I said, you guys, there's no greater thing than to give your life to the local church. Thank you. Thank you. I wouldn't rather serve any other way for me personally. I want to give my family, my life, my time to ministry through the local church, the bride of Christ who he loves. And so thank you guys for being here. We love you and so thankful you can, uh, you've come this morning. We are going to celebrate together and celebrate the Lord together uh, by having a, a church uh, potluck, and we have, I think, soups and stews, and it's just waiting for us on the other side of that door. And so what I'm going to do today is um, I'm just going to pray for the food right now. That's what they asked me to do. So we don't even have to wait. You can walk out those doors and serve up. And whether you brought food or not, man, we love you. If you want to get to know other people here, this is the opportunity to do that. Okay, just to be real clear, this isn't something we're just doing to do. Like, if you feel disconnected, you don't know people, we're giving you a great opportunity right now to stay, even though I know some of us get anxious and it's weird, and it's like, you got to lean into it sometimes. And 
have a meal with somebody you don't know and encourage others, okay? We would love for you to stay. Let me pray for us. Lord Jesus, we thank you um, for you, God. We just give you all praise, glory, and honor for showing grace to us. Thank you for um, your plan of salvation, of goodness, of mercy, and showing compassion on us even when we were far away from you. Thank you that you're a God who describes yourself as the, the father who welcomes his prodigal son home with open arms, loving and loving him and chasing after him and giving him a big hug. Thank you, God, that we're not saved through our works, but you did the work for us to save us because we couldn't save ourselves. Thank you for this food that you've given to us. Thank you for being our provider, Lord, and for this simple meal we have. And we want to worship you by loving one another, encouraging one another with our words, and getting to know one another. We pray all this for Christ's glory and into this new year. Amen. All right. Thank you, guys.